My name is Rachel. I work with Wycliffe, missionary with Wycliffe Bible Translators and seconded to uh, Scripture Union in the Territory as well as um, a Missions Interlink Northern Territory role. Anyway, I am SU Australia now. I work with people from Catherine area along Bullman. Who's heard of Catherine here? Yeah. Has anyone heard of Nullumboy? So, from Catherine up to Nullumboy, halfway there's a place called Bullman, and that's about as far as I usually go, or the people that I work with. They're very much walk about, come to Darwin for hospital and all different things. My um, focus with my scripture union work is to encourage the use of the Creole Bible with adults. To work, to work with their young people. So this is the Creole Bible. It's the only Aboriginal language to have the whole Bible in it. And we were just talking before about how a Creole is formed. When two or more languages come together, then a Creole is formed. Uh, we have Pidgin in Papua New Guinea. We have um, Vanuatu have their own Bishlamar. And even English is a form of Creole, mixed of different languages as well. So. Um, so yeah, and Creole is the only Aboriginal language to have the whole Bible. They've managed to record all the New Testament and we're working on the Old Testament at the moment. And recently we had a workshop with um, how to check the recording once it's been recorded. We put um, Claudia the Caterpillar, if, has, has anyone heard of the Lost Sheep series? It's a children's series. And we put part of that into Creole. Also, they can get an app on your phone, a word search app, to play a game using Bible, Bible words. Um, you can also get the Creole Bible. If you've got version on your phone, you can select the Creole Bible as a language on that. Because of mine's the youth engagement side as well, uh, I took some Aboriginal kids from a Beswick community up to the SU Easter camp that they have in Darwin. And the youth leader from Beswick as well came along. So that was a lot of fun. In Catherine, we have the Catherine Christian Convention usually. What, COVID's not here. We help run the children's program for that. And I'm also on the committee for the convention. Uh, lots of mob come to Darwin for hospital or they have to go to Adelaide. So when they're in Darwin, then I get to go and connect with them as well and visit. And through the Aboriginal skin system, these two ladies, I call them mum. Maybe a bit confusing, but ask me later. <laughs> One of the key things we do is run a leadership training to prepare for a youth camp in July. So this is our leadership training happening. Um, and lots of running around for working with children cards and getting all that sorted with the leaders as well. Um, but also preparing the Bible story and working out the theme and the memory verse and putting it, sometimes they put it into song and different things like that. And acting it out. And this was our youth camp that just happened just the other week. Um, and we had a team visiting who were able to act it out 
and then the kids saw it acted out and then they were able to get up and act it out. It's a great way to learn learning visually. Also on YouTube, if you go to YouTube Aboriginal Bibles, you can see more videos of our youth camps and some of the Creole songs, verses that we've put together. And you'll see one of those in action soon from the verse that we've just read, but in Creole. Um, we also part of the Kids Games in Catherine. Scripture Union runs this program and my job was to go around and pick up the Aboriginal kids in Catherine. So going and, yeah, the, I know church leaders and their relationships and so you go to the different houses that, um, and find out which kids want to come. For the, we've got 11 or 12 kids ended up picking up each day and there was about 30 kids in total that came to the program. This, that was the week straight after Young Bella Camp. Last year, three of the ladies graduated from Cert 3 in Bible at the Nunyalini College in Darwin. And it was the first time for people from our area to graduate from Nunyalini College. And two of the ladies are beginning their Cert 4 now. And we just found a magazine outside that talks about Nunyalini College in the Eternity magazine. And take them to Bagot when they're in town if they want to go to Bagot Church. Josiah here that's visiting is, uh, used to be part of that Bagot Church community. Um, and so pray for coming up. We've got a Weemore Bullman bush camp. And also Scripture Union is looking for a full-time coordinator for the NT for chaplaincy and religious, religious instruction. So that's an SU prayer point. But yeah. For me, I'm yeah, involved in this bush camp coming up, getting that organised with the church leaders from there. So as I said at the start, my role, yeah, SU, Creole Engagements, as well as Missions Interlink role. So I'm the Ministry Leader for the Northern Territory, and my role is, well, Missions Interlink. Has anyone here heard of Missions Interlink before? Well, they're about linking, equipping, serving, inspiring, and representing mission organisations and churches across Australia. Missions Interlink is the Australian network for global mission. We exist to connect Australians with a passion for global mission. Together, as God's people, we can be more effective in cross-cultural and global mission and demonstrate unity in Christ. We're going to watch a short video that's about, yeah, the missions across the NT, uh, presenting the cross-cultural ministry opportunities in the Northern Territory. Hi, my name is Rachel Bornemann and I'm the Missions Interlink Northern Territory Ministry Leader. We have two different focuses. One is helping people to be sent out from the Territory to other mission and also for people that are interested in Indigenous ministry and how to help follow them through our training programs. This includes non-Indigenous but we also would love to see Indigenous people being equipped to go out into all the world. There are many opportunities to serve here in the Northern Territory. We have a mission seat page that offer employment opportunities and ministry opportunities that people want to come and serve up here. We have a wide, wide range of roles. 
Some of these roles include a real need for Bible translators, need for scripture engagement workers, house parents <laughs> and teachers with the NT Christian schools. CMS has many roles that they can partner with you if you want to go out into community in employment roles. You can come and do volunteer work with YWAM up to three months and also with Moonyalinyu College and various other missions as well. We've been running the T-Trim course, which is the transition training for remote Indigenous ministries. And this has helped collaborate facilitators from many of the different missions um, who've had extensive experience here in the Northern Territory to help share it to the next generation of Christian workers here. If you're wanting to give to ministry in the Northern Territory, you can go to Give Higher, Causes and Indigenous page. There are opportunities to donate to Christian workers that are working up here, also projects that are looking for funding. These are the needs that missions are asking for help with. These different organisations include MAF, Pioneers, Nguyenlinga College, World Outreach, NT Christian Schools, YWAM Darwin, Coordinate, Wycliffe and others. For people to be praying for the ministry here in the Northern Territory, you can uh, sign up to receive different people's prayer points. Email nt at missionsinlink.org.au. You can be praying for their relationship with Aboriginal brothers and sisters as they're walking alongside with them and equipping them in church ministry or in Bible translation and different areas of discipleship. For prayer and fellowship, we gather here in Darwin four times a year. It's great to be able to pray for the missions here in the Northern Territory and build up the body of Christ. So come along and check it out. You know somebody that's looking to come and serve in the Northern Territory or Indigenous ministry, then that's a place they can go to, you know, a starting point of what missions are asking for help in. In the last section, it talked about prayer. The next prayer session is going to be on Zoom. So you're welcome to join that as well. It's coming up very soon in August. It's a Monday night and I think it's the 8th. Just look up Missions Interlink page um, and you see the Prayer for Nations and they'll have that information on there. So as the video mentioned, the Transition Training Remote Indigenous Ministries, well, I've been coordinating this process, helping all the missions, number of missions working together to write this course and um, put it together. So different topics there, living and working with Aboriginal Australians, Aboriginal languages, living in two worlds, Christian spirituality in Aboriginal Australian context, and health, safety, and chaplaincy. We've got the next section coming up in October. So love prayer for that part. So this year we've done January and October. This is what somebody said about our course. I learned more than I'd ever learned in formal education or life alongside Indigenous people. In Australia, if you want to take steps towards understanding our Indigenous brothers and sisters, I couldn't re recommend this course more as effective introduction to effective communication and this means and the means to true unity so pray for me in my role as ministry leader there's other projects that we're working on as well and we have a MINT committee now that meets four times a year 
I'm in Melbourne this week because, yes, to come here and share with you guys, but also the Missions Interlink National Conference is happening this week. And pray for the next part of the course coming up in October, straight after our bush camp. So a prayer for that. And pray for yeah, the bond of peace, unity, God's kingdom to be built up across missions in the Northern Territory and as I lead the, as coordinator. That's the end of my MI role part. Now, um, I want to share with you about this lady called Auntie J. I call her Auntie J because in Aboriginal culture, you don't say somebody's name that's passed away. And so this lovely lady, it was actually her funeral this weekend, a couple of years ago. And these are her, three of them are her granddaughters, four granddaughters and her daughter over here. The older three granddaughters, their mother had also passed away um, before the grandmother passed away. And the daughter was only my age. Very sad. Auntie Jay, she had a real heart for, I would, I would like God to work in mysterious ways, in his own ways, of helping our young people, especially because they are too much into drugs and alcohol. I like God coming into young people's lives. We talked about the Second Chronicles 7.14 we read before. Yeah, this is her heart for people to get their lives back on right, you know, the whole closing the gap thing. Well, this is what needs to happen. So let's, we're going to watch um, number three video. Um, and this is the Second Chronicles 7.14, but in song style, well, a bit of a youthy beat. You'll get to hear some Creole as well. If they pray, Lama me. Pray, pray, pray. And sorry, mess up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And stop, tumbat. Stop, stop, stop. All a no good pala thing. No good pala thing. Well, I gotta listen. Listen, listen, listen. From God, Lord, talk. God, Lord, talk. And I gotta let them go. Let them go. All about free. From Nugutpala way. And make him that country. Country Blagawi. Kurwan everything again. Second. Do you follow it? Yeah, so there's a heart. Yeah. Second Chronicles. 714. So when you hear the people talk about closing the gap, just think of, yeah, Second Chronicles 714 and, yeah, and pray for the young people, like those, her grandchildren too, especially, with that heart for, that they would have that heart, that God would do that transformation in their lives that she was wanting to see. That Aboriginal young people to overcome their face of temptation, addictions, to forgive and get along with each other as they deal with constant grief, to be kept busy so they're not thinking about their addictions, for God's provision as well, for food in their lives, and grow to be strong in the Lord and for God to move miraculously as Aunty Jay's prayer was. Well, we're going to watch another video and this is um, Ray and Loretta's story um, and you're going to see how God moved miraculously in their life. My partner 
who was living in Mangara 10 years, he was drinking too much fog and smoking too much ganja. And that's when he had a big fall. We had to rush to Down Hospital. I told my family to pray for my husband. I went to the chapel in Down Hospital and prayed and cried. Lord, bring my husband back then. My daughter was only five years old and he left us. When he was in ICU, he, he eventually he died. He said he was in this dark place where he didn't like being there. He felt this heat and he had people crying and yelling and singing out for help. Calling Ray, Ray, help us, help us. But I didn't want to turn back. Yeah. I wanted to go straight ahead. Yeah. I'm walking, walking, walking. Every day, grabbing my sister, grabbing me to stop it. Yeah. But I said, no. I want to go straight to the little light. I see a little light there. Yeah. When we was praying, this light just shine in this dark place. As he was walking, he saw this light and he found Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He didn't know who this Jesus was. He reached that light. That light just like, like a vacuum, I just swallowed him back and made him go back to his normal body. They were pushing him back to the morgue. He was in that body bag and ready to be in the cooler. When I, when I walked up the body bag, I moved and I ran. I tried to open the safe. Somebody opened the safe, so I was coming outside. I was, I was breathing, you know. I wanted to come out of the body bag. Eh? You get me out of the body bag? When the nurse heard me, then he said, he's awake. And then they opened the body bag. I'm safe. Open and then I got up. That's when God answered our prayer and brought my husband back to life. Oh, he's alive, he's alive. He he's alive. Put him in the thing. And I put me in the machine, I make me breathe good away. Yeah. And now he's really gentle, you know, and God uses him to witness to other men too in our community. I'll follow the Lord. I'll keep on following the Lord. I won't turn this over, that one is God's very head. I thank God because only God can do that when we pray and we seek him, you know. But I was a heavy drinker and a heavy smoker. I smoke a lot of ganja and smoke beer, I just now I can't do that anymore. I'm going straight to the Lord, straight ahead. <laughs> Originally come from Nuka. My grandfather, grandmother, and mother and father are from Nuka. From the 80s, I've been living with my partner in Beswick. I have three brothers and one sister. My kids, I got three boys and one girl and five grandchildren. And I got one adopted daughter. But also I've been like a mother and a grandmother looking after kids who have no mother and father. Be their mom, be their grandmother, be their auntie, you know. I used to work as a senior health worker in Beswick. And now I work as an assistant teacher in a sport and rec. And I play keyboard, I sing, I lead the church and 
Sometimes I see women come to me or women with babies or their partner, and they just, they just say, can you come and pray for my family like who's sick? And I, I do sometimes go to their camp or sometimes I just pray for my camp. And, and then I ask the person the next day, Did the, your husband or your baby are all right? And they say, yeah. That's through the prayer, you know, because prayer is powerful. And I'm happy, you know, what God is doing in my life. Jesus changed my life by hearing the elders and learning from them when they teach Ari Sunday School or Michael Gumbli and one of the, some of the elders planted that seed inside of me, the, the Word of God, how to know who this Jesus was in our life. But I didn't really have him in my heart. You know, the Holy Spirit teach me to learn more, you know, and teach me how to accept this person in my life here. Yeah. And I did find Jesus here. Yeah. Without him, I wouldn't be here today. I've been through many sorrows, like my mom, my eldest brother, my youngest sister, my youngest brother. They've all been just taken away. And I haven't got a reason why they were gone. Only God knows. But through all my sadness, I just kept asking God, you know, to bring peace, bring love, and bring joy. And He never leaves me nor forsakes me. A scripture verse always come to me in Psalms 23. God is saying, you know, the, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me to that quiet place and I go and relax because that's where I can hear the bird. You can see the river, the flowers. I can't hardly describe how much God really loves us. So I'm just thankful and grateful to the one here. When my father died, my mom, she abandoned me and my little sister. That's when we left without a mother, without a father. He's my eldest brother. I was only 10, I think 10 years old, and my sister was six or five. I felt this hurt when I was growing up, you know, when I was older with my own kids. Grew up without knowing who their grandmother was, only father's side. It was hard for me. I was praying and asking God, you know, where's my mom? He showed me. You know, God was leading me back to Beswick. She was praying too. You know, like light was showing him a road to go to Beswick. And that's where I was at that time when she was praying. And searching, searching many years, you know, I couldn't find him till God brought her back. I was happy, but not really, because I still had anger, bitterness. Only the outside appearance, I had that love and smile, and but inside I didn't have that real love for my mom, you know, because she left me, and she's supposed to be there for me, you know, and my little sister and my brother. I didn't really know the meaning of forgiveness. I didn't really know about the meaning of love. But the Lord speaking to me, pray for your mom and forgive her. Do it in action. So I had to take the first step and say, 
Mommy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you leaving me and for me hating you. I, I didn't want you back in my life, but God is telling me to say sorry and forgive. And then she turned around and said the same thing. Forgive me for not being there for you and your sister. I was out drinking and planning my sorrow, but now I'm here. God brought us together to forgive one another and to share that burden. And I was really happy and released. When she gave her heart to the Lord, she used to get up and dance. Even though she was sick, she would get up and dance and praise God. She became a well-known artist. She won four Telstra Awards. God just brought all these amazing things to her life, and both of us were connected through God's ways. My youngest daughter was the carer for my mother when she got sick. She poured out her love and cried for her when she passed away. God is a good God. Whenever we get, we get hurt, we get blamed, sadness, we can have that sorrow. And we don't want to forgive that person, but deep inside what God is really telling us to show that love and forgiveness. You're releasing that person, you're releasing yourself from all that burden, because if you don't forgive, you will be carrying that burden for the rest of your life. Love covers a multitude of sin. And when we forgive, you know, God release that forgiveness upon yourself and upon the enemy that we have. It sets you free and it sets your enemy free. Yeah. God is love. Aboriginal people from around Australia sharing their testimonies and they're online they're part of the 40 stories series if you've heard of the 40 series just recommend checking out um, Rachel Candino's 40 stories when you go home and she just really challenges you that it starts with ourselves and then when forgiveness starts and then it ripples out to our, our family our church our community, our nation, and um, yeah, just a real heart for forgiveness to ripple out here in Australia. Anyway, these are some of the church leaders I have the privilege to work with and support, run out of food, all sorts of stories, um, um, but they're the role models in their community that's standing strong for the family. So that's part of the Rachel Candino's um, ripple of forgiveness. Well, blessings. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you for your partnership, for your prayers and financial support so I can do this role. And yeah, feel free to come ask questions and any more you would like to know. <laughs>